Today's podcast is brought to you by RetouchUp.com. RetouchUp wants to be your photo editing partner. They help you streamline your workflow to keep you doing what you do best, shooting, selling, or just enjoying life. Be sure and check them out, RetouchUp.com. You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's nice, <laughs> nice to see you. What's going on? <laughs> Something happening there? Something going on there? That was a very odd you know, opening. You know what's going on is I'm just, I'm being pulled in, in a bunch of different directions today. And it's Monday here at the studio. And man, Mondays are supposed to be my day. I don't book sessions. Monday's supposed to be my day to catch up, but there's just got a lot going on. You know, we, uh, we, we are having some work done at the house. I have some, uh, some Zoom meetings. I'm printing my competition images or trying to print my competition images for WPPI. Uh, we, we recently had uh, some work done, had a new deck installed at the house and on the front. And so there, there was some deck work needed to be done this morning so just a lot and so i just you know that then it's also monday's podcast day so we got to fit the podcast in and then we got to coordinate when we can do it it's just you know it's a lot That's okay all. it's all just right. a lot uh, you uh you texted me last week and you said that you printed an image mm-hmm. uh on the new printer mm-hmm. and then discovered some things that were wrong with it that you had you could not see when you looked at it on the monitor that's right. So essentially, this is the, the painstaking process of, of printing images. So the, the WPPI is a 16 by 20 print competition. So it's a, a mat, a 16 by 20 mat board, and then you can make the image pretty much any size inside of that 16 by 21, as long as it's all mounted on a 16 by 20. Most people elect for what we call a museum presentation. So a white mat with a cutout in it, and you put your image in it. So, you know, most of the time, the images end up being around an 8 by 12 inside that 16 by 20 or maybe an 11 by 14 and that ends up being about the size of the image but in order to catch mistakes and i'm talking about banding and artifacting and bad retouching and, and just whatever on it i print them larger i print them big i print the actual image as a 16 by 20 and then i look at it and then i put it under lighting conditions that are similar and then i just kind of look at it and you test different papers man it's a lot it's just it's a lot i'm getting the hang of it it's just taking some practice but i had entered my local ppa affiliate competition with an image digitally because it's a digital competition but i'm considering the same image for a wppi submission so i printed it big to take a look at it after i had done the digital submission and i was like oh man like and i had seen a couple of pretty glaring editing mistakes that i had made once i got it that big that i had completely missed looking at it on the screen. So I was able to go back in and make those changes to the digital file and re-upload it. Because if if judges, if it had gotten in front of a panel of judges, they'd have seen it and they'd have taken the cane to me. And- well, wait a minute. You couldn't see it on the computer. Mm-hmm. So they probably wouldn't see it on their monitor either. They, they're not looking at the print that you saw with the mistake. I didn't on. notice it. Oh, Once I okay. Saw so, it, oh, you could see it. You just didn't didn't notice it until you saw it. You on ever the working on something so right. much that you? That oh, you, God, yeah. You know, like you just yeah. it's just starts to you kind of become whatever yeah. nose blind to it or whatever. You just can't see it. You can't. You're you're working on, it, and then you walk away from it. Come back in a couple hours, and you're like, oh, 
you know. But uh, yeah, so it saved my digital competition entries, which was cool. So I figure if I'm making these things look perfect, enormous, once I scale them down to the size they're actually going to be, I think that they'll they'll be okay. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I've been printing like crazy. I got piles of, you can see behind me, piles of paper sitting on top of the printer. And it's just, I'm printing them on different papers and seeing what looks better. And it's actually really fun to learn how to do it. But it is, you know, having judged on a panel, judged these prints, entered this competition before, I know how rough that it can be on print quality. So I, I can't not put in good quality prints. So I'm, I'm, I'm halfway there. I've got two of my images finished. I've got the right paper selected, ready to go. I've just got two images that I think I think I just found found the right paper for. And so like it's yeah, because it's like whether it's low key or it's you know if you don't care about this stuff, it, it's probably pretty boring. But it is. I'm just saying, if you a person who has been competing locally or at PPA, and then you decide to go to WPPI, it's a whole new animal. Yes, it is. It is a completely different thing to print those images and then have a panel of five judges take a look at them. And so that's that's what I've been working on. I've been working on I'm getting I'm getting the hang of it, but it's amazing. Let me tell you the value of the print here, which is the thing that blew my mind. Printing your images and looking printing them and then looking at them for mistakes is going to make your images look better on the screen. Like you just see stuff right. that you just won't see. And you're oh, like, yeah. um, you know, I I I can also, and then, I mean, I'm aware of that just in my own little world where if I take your picture and I'm looking through the viewfinder and I take your picture, I look and I go, everything looks good. And then I take it. And then once I look at it in review, I will notice stuff that I never noticed while I was actually looking at it. Even if I was taking my time and really, you know, so I certainly can understand that well, taking it to the next step and looking at it on a print also would it open up your eyes to things that you didn't see before. Dude, it's 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 absolutely wild. Like one of my images is a low-key image, lots of shadow detail to preserve here. And so not only does paper choice become really important, processing becomes really important. And on my screen, it looked fine. And then I printed a big one, sat it next to me, put it under the lights. And all the shadows are, are just like magenta. And I'm Ooh. like... And then I go, I could, and I'm looking at the screen. And now that I've seen it printed, I look at it, I'm like, you know what? And then I start to make the adjustments in the RGB channels and curves. And then I'm able to get that all fixed. And then I just do kind of the click before and after just to see what I did. I'm like, oh my God, how did I not see how oh, yeah. magenta it oh, was? Oh, I, I had an image from a wedding. It was, oh, you were in the wedding. It was your, uh, let's my see, brother this would be your, your brother-in-law's wedding. Where I had that ready to go, ready to go. And I'm like, somebody take a look at this and see if it's ready. And somebody's like, her dress is pink. Oh, my God. Her dress is pink. How did I not even notice that her dress, because of the lighting in the room, her whole dress was pink. And I had to go in there and fix it. How did you miss that? I'm not just, I don't give a lot of printed products to clients. That's not really our business model. But let me tell you what. If you really want to take your images up to the next level digitally, even if you're doing something with them digitally, print it. And look at it, and and then you can just mark it up and go back to the go back to the screen and fix it's I like because it's just you can print like with this twenty one hundred printer I've got it's you know I can print so much bigger than even the screen can display, and you just you look at it static on the screen, not being backlit, not overly colorful and contrasty like the monitors will do for us, and I just I'm blown away by how bad I am at photography and retouching. So, <laughs> and you will be judging. At WPPI. And so will I. If, if you're thinking about going to WPPI or entering, it is coming up August 15th through the 19th at the Las Vegas Mirage. And uh, Gary and I will both be there 
for the whole shooting match. We are we are judging. We are teaching. I'm doing a photo walk. Uh, we're gonna be very busy. I was looking at the things like there's no like down day for us. No, no, there's something going on every day. It's gonna be yeah. cool. I might I might get a new suit for the awards ceremony. Not that I'm gonna win anything, but I might, oh. I might get a new suit. You know? you're, gonna, you're gonna get a new suit for an awards ceremony, but you're not. We're not. You're, I, I mean, I, I you're mean, not getting you're not getting a degree or anything. I'm gonna give it my best. It's possible there are different certifications that I am eligible to get depending on how my images do. So I okay. might be a, so you're going to be prepared with the good suit. I might be achieve, achieving something, you know, like, but it's not one of the good ones. It's like the stand up where you're seated kind of award and not the come up on stage kind of award. You're going to buy a new <laughs> suit for the stand up where you're seated award? No, man. People, did, have, have you ever been to the uh, the Honors of Excellence ceremony no. at WPPI? At WPPI, no. It's a big deal. Like, and people get dolled up and not just the people like receiving awards and degrees. Like, everybody goes. It's like a Gatsby esque. Like fancy ass <laughs> cocktail <laughs> party, yeah, dude. It's like it's, a '20s flapper. They have a giant yeah, feather on their head. <laughs> They're doing the Charleston. And- <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think they do the Charleston, but I okay. would. I wouldn't be mad at it if they did the Charleston. All right. So all right. they get all dolled up, but then it's just stand up where you see. Is there a spotlight that hits you on your seat? No, nothing. No, they're just like, okay, now sit down while we give the uh, awards. Is to there the, a cocktail the reception or something? There, yeah, there's lots of drinking. The WPPI okay. has. Okay. Well, then has, I get it. It's like yeah. a party too. Okay, they're getting yeah, dolled it's up. A fancy, but it's just like file in, take your seat, stand up in the dark, file out. I'd be like, no, I'm not getting dressed. No, up but for that. people get people get dolled up. It's a big deal. Like oh. it's uh, yeah, like it's it's an event. So people do it. It's a and whole so, night. It's a but if it's a night thing, you know, it's a whole night thing. When then there's going to be drinking and there's going to be well, now it's different. Now you're going to be dolled up and you're going to be dressy, dressy. So I understand why you could do your 007 up. routine. Even your Sean Connery impersonation would be good. You know, okay, if you wanted I'll, to do I'll, that. I'll hold that. I'll hold that in reserve. And what night is that? I think it's the Wednesday night. I think. Okay, well, Wednesday. I'll be there for it. Yeah, I won't have a suit. I don't think with me, but I'll I would say there. bring a colorful, bring a colorful T-shirt and then a, a a jacket with big shoulder pads. Do you have anything like that? Yes, I have plenty. Okay, okay, that's I what I think. I have that look down. <laughs> I have the 1982 Miami Vice look down. Mm, I have a salmon-colored jacket. I'll wear the salmon-colored jacket. I I love that jacket. I think yeah. that's a great jacket. I've worn it once, and then. So many people gave me a hard time about it. I've never worn it again. It was, I loved it. I just people didn't give you a hard time. They just noticed it. They were just like, "Oh my god, that jacket!" Yeah, but it wasn't like, "Wow, great jacket." It was like, "Oh, that jacket." No, see, you wore that to the Florida convention. I right. mean, we're talking about conservative, southern, old school. Yeah. You wear yeah. this to Vegas, people would be like, "That's the guy right there." That's well, especially the in the summertime, it's a perfect. It's a, it, it screams summer. The the reason people were giving you a hard time in Florida is because you had this great jacket on, but no pants. And well, that was, that's true. That's Speaking of hard time, hey, you want to talk about my deck? Is that what yeah, you do? we did? No, I do want to talk about. <laughs> I do want to talk about though before WPPI. We also have to. There's a lot to plug this week. Uh, uh, FPP, yes. the convention you were just mentioning. Um, yeah. FPP is July 24th. Well, it's not just July 24th, but we'll be there on July 24th. This is a Focus convention in Gainesville, Florida. Yes. Areyouinfocus.com is where you go. It's going to be a fantastic uh, convention, a great lineup of speakers, image competition, and, of course, we will be doing Photobomb Live at the convention. And the Charleston. And the Charleston as well. Yes. So, so. that's a very big deal. Yeah. And also, before we run out of the thing, uh, I had a new video drop. You did. Last week. I've we, seen I don't know it. We've talked about it on the show. No, I think we should. But I did a, a new video. It's called One Light on Location. And it uh, is over an, about an hour of uh, instruction where I went out on location with a light and a model. And we did the whole thing. And I walked you through the whole process of shooting a portrait on location, varying light conditions with just one light on a stand, uh, which is something that I've been, I just do a lot of. 
Yeah, if there's if there's one thing in photography that you could you you definitely are expert at. It's it's adding one light to your location work. Yeah. And so, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. So uh, so you can find that if you're not in our group on Facebook, be sure and join our group on Facebook because we we had a page and now we have a group. It's called the Bombardiers Lounge. So go to Facebook Bombardiers Lounge, or you can go to our old page. There's a link there and uh, find us on Facebook. And you know there we always put links in there when we have new videos out and stuff like that. So you can check it out there. Uh, or you can also go to where the video is hosted, which is Gumroad. And if you go mm. to gumroad.com and put in Bure Perry, you should be able to find me that way. I'll also put a link in the description. It's a good course. It's a really, really good primer on shooting TTL, using off-camera flash, and uh, it's totally worth, totally worth getting. So n- now, now can we talk about my deck? Oh, okay. I, I thought that that was just a one-off joke, but we do. Are we talking about the deck now? All right, let's go. Yeah. Let's talk about the deck. Well, is it, a, is it a big deck? It's it's. I would say that it's average size deck. It's an average size deck. Yeah, I mean, it's compared not, to uh, other decks in your particular social neighborhood, or? I would say it's the biggest deck on my street, without question. Okay, but what if you went down to like a different part of town? Would your deck compare then to the decks that you might find there? Mm, probably not, but you know, at <laughs> depending least, on what part of town. As, you go as to. long as as long as my neighbors don't have a bigger deck than me, right. then then that's fine. Yeah. Right. So we that's we've true. had this. Um, if you know me well, you know that I abhor uh, working outside. In I'm the sorry, heat. you what? I abhor it. You abhor it. Abhor. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, say it again. Abhor. Abhor. This is a word that if I keep asking you to say it, you will be unable to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the more you try and say well, it, the more it. your mind will blow you up, and you're like, how do you, how do you say abhor? There's a abhor? there's a abhor? word for this abhor? kind of dissonance, and it's um, I abhor. Habor? Habor? See, now I've lost it. Habor. It's Habor. Habor? Habor. I have hamburger. Hamburger. If you, if there's a certain, I forget what, there's actually a, a word for this phenomenon, and it's if you say a word too many times and think about a word, it starts to sound really strange to you. Yeah. And there's a certain, I forget what the, I forget what the term is for that, but so now I dislike Yard yes. work. Yard work is, I hate yard I ab- work. I abhor. I abhor. I abhor. Abhor. There's a B in there, right? Ab- yes. A-B-H-O-R. Abhor. 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 Gone? It's gone. It's abhor. gone, dude. It'll be, it'll be a week before I can, I can say it. Now I'm not going to say the word anymore. I, I, uh, I, I abhor. You dislike. <laughs> See, you can't say it. It's gone. I abhor. <laughs> right now, you're listening to us. You're driving your car. You know how to say the word. Say it six times, and by the time you get to number seven, you won't be able to pronounce abhor. it correctly anymore. I have. I, that was, yeah, whoa, that was close, I think. I think that was pretty good. I abhor Because there's, there's a ha sound in there. Abhor. Abhor? There's a P now? <laughs> I abhor. I abhor it. See? <laughs> now, can we get on with this? All right. We have this a lot is of, much more entertaining than your story. We Come have on. a lot of deck jokes to make. All right. Go. So, we know that I strongly dislike yard work. And so we have the outside of my house. We've been remodeling the inside of my house one piece at a time, and it's gotten nice and livable, and, and you know, not you know, not like post-apocalyptic anymore. Although my kids love to trash it, and we have plenty of stories I could go into about that, but I will not go down that rabbit hole. So uh, we decided it's time to start working on the outside of the house, and I haven't really even looked at it. It's one of those things, you know, like when you're driving around with a check engine light, and you're like, I'm just going to take this picture of my kids on the dashboard, and I'm just going to cover up the check engine light with it. I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> like you just, I haven't been, I just have been, my mind has been blocking out how bad my yard is, like your brain blocks out Facebook ads. You just don't, you just choose not to see them even when they're in your face. So we, uh, we I, I told the story about the guy who came over and ripped out all the landscaping. That was a few episodes back so now i've decided that the front we wanted to make like a porch so we have like a deck on the front of the house and so i was going to 
thinking about making this, do, working on my deck myself. But I brought in another man to do it. Okay. So we have, and I, I was hoping that you could advise me because it's all done now. And I don't want my, do you think your wife judges you when another man's working on your deck instead yeah, of you? I think so. I mean, I'm, some women would like to watch another man work on your deck, but those women I have found are few and far between. Yeah, well, I think that the real, the real thing is she's just happy that she's not having to work on my deck. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> that, I think that's really what it is. I think that I think that she'll tolerate a lot if it means that she doesn't have to work on it. Yeah, like it really has expanded, uh, you know, the, the joy and the peace in the home just having someone else there to to work on my deck. And uh, well, I'll have to run that by the wife and see if I can bring someone in to work on the deck. And then I won't have to work on it anymore, and nor will she. It's nice that I don't have to work on the deck, you know. Well, always a bonus. Because, like, anything's better than me doing it. Like, you know, the yeah. wife is obviously preferable having <laughs> the wife true. work on my deck. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I think that's the top. But if, if I can't get that, then I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring a guy in to work right. on my deck. A guy, a guy who's really good at it. He's very skilled. Right. You know, he's very skilled. Great hands, you know, really skillful hands, nimble yeah. fingers, that old, that old chestnut. Works but, over at Lotus Massage. Absolutely. And so we had to bring back the guy this morning because he yeah. did a great job working on the deck. But it's just the tip of the deck. <laughs> the tip of the deck. Yes, the tip of the deck. You're really pushing. No, really no, this pushing. is a true story. <laughs> really this is a really true story. <laughs> this is a true story. Okay, the tip, uh, decks have tips? Well, yeah, because there's a little little bit where it overhangs there at the end. Okay. And the last time he was All there right. to, to complete work on the deck, he, he left the tip of the deck and it was a little bit, little bit twisted and a little bit okay. bent. All right. And, and maybe the wood that was used wasn't... wasn't is this a, a covered deck? It is not a covered deck. <laughs> Although I see your face right there, <laughs> as you realize what I was asking you, your face, the, the awkwardness in your face, you're like, "Oh, I know what he's doing there." You know, the, the, some people prefer covered deck. Some people do. Yes, my wife will run screaming from the room at the sight of a covered deck. Yeah, well, well you know, she once broke up with a boy because he had a covered deck. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. She was like, "Yeah, that's not getting near me." Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, little, that's. Yeah, I I, it's is that some it's some form of racism or 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 discrimination or something. Like no, that. I think it was just totally shocked. It caught her by surprise. She she never she'd seen a couple of decks. You know, she was young, but she'd never seen a covered deck. It's, it doesn't make any sense to remove the cover from a perfectly good deck. No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. You know, we, you know, the the fact that we don't have a covered deck is just a product of you know our parents and 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 history and etc. But uh, it makes no sense. Of course not. But, you know, for those, those for whom a uncovered deck is the norm, a covered deck seems odd. Yes. Well, and vice versa, I suppose. Well, it is, it's a good protection. It's an extra layer of protection. There you, you know, go. Keep, keeping, keeping keeps things, the moisture off. Keeps, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes keeps the moisture in. <laughs> if it's raining or something, you don't get any, you know. <laughs> if you don't have a covered deck, you got to put that Thompson's weather seal on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. The, uh, you know, anyway, I digress. The, uh, okay. So we had to come back this morning and, and fix the deck, and, uh, and, and now it's done. And now I'm bringing in another guy, because now this is all, the deck is all raw wood, you know? Okay. So now we have to finish the deck. And this is something right. that I can definitely do myself. Sure, you know? sure. But, but Julie prefers a darker deck, 
and so we have to stain the deck. Oh, well, sometimes you just got to give her what she wants. Yeah, I, so I, I, I don't know. So I guess, I guess we have to figure out a way to stain the deck to make it darker before we seal it permanently, and then, uh, and then the deck. I'm just curious why you're still married if she prefers a darker deck, and I'm guessing a bigger deck. You're giving her this small, <laughs> non-dark deck. You know, how does, how does that sustain the marriage? Listen, uh, I'll do whatever I have to do to, to, right. to keep things going. So, okay. you know, there you have it. Well, we, I, you know, I, I know that I'm not one of them, but I'm sure a lot of people would love it if you would post a picture of the deck when it's finished. Mm. Yeah. I can just imagine what the deck looks like, and that's enough for me. It's better, better for people to just, in their mind, and whatever, whatever they imagine is probably going to be better than the real thing. You know? There you so go. Like, yeah, uh, better for them just to think. Yeah, let's just leave that to the imagination. Yeah. Uh, in reality news, um, we've actually been doing the same thing because we, you know, we tore out our deck. And let me tell you, great comfort once the deck is gone. Yeah. Uh, we, t- <laughs> we tore a our lot deck. Less, a lot less hassle. And replaced it with pavers. And then Bobby put in a bunch of flowers and a bunch of stuff. And um, when you were talking about working on your backyard, and the truth is, once you do it and you get your backyard looking really nice, you like you really don't want to leave home as much. Now I'm like... We sit in the backyard and we look at the water and the breeze is going and, and it's beautiful. And I'm like, this is nicer than any place I'd be sitting on vacation. <laughs> well, well, the, the, see, the problem with the thing is now our deck on the front, which is going to be a great place for us to relax and have a drink. And, and I'm doing the landscaping. I just went to the Home Depot and, and bought some uh, boxwood bushes to create a nice hedge around it. And so now, well, we can sit in repose on our right. beautiful new uh, dark average size deck. We get to look out the front of the house so that we can see my neighbor, whose house actually faces the other way. So I'm looking at my neighbor's backyard. And then the neighbor next to him, who has a crashed Dodge Durango in his driveway. Wait a minute. So, you, so the deck's on the front of the house or the back of the house? Well, yeah. Well, it's more like a wraparound front porch than a deck. It just happens to be made oh, of wood. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I was thinking it was in the back. No, no. We were, we were going to put a deck in the back, but Julie's not quite ready for the deck in the back yet. No, and may never be. Let me just tell you, may never be ready. Yeah, I mean, that. if we get if we get to it, we got we got a long time left right. in, in our in our life together, and and, and yeah. I'm hoping that one day she'll agree to to have a deck in the back. You've got to you've got to you've got to do the deck in the back slow. Yeah, yeah, you can't rush it. I just think there's a lot to enjoy in the back, you know, that we're not really enjoying. And if if you know, I think the deck would be a good first step. I think you'll find that you enjoy the deck in the back more than she does, which is mm. going to be a problem for you. If she did it, she'd really be doing it just to make me happy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? And so mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Okay. Sure. I don't know, though. If you bring in, you know, if, if you make the deck in the front bigger and darker, that might flip her. She might be like, okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now I'm willing, I'm willing to give up, you know, I'm willing to go for the, the deck in the back since you gave main, me what I want. Our main, my main concern is that the deck in the back is comfortable. You know, I just yes. want it to be a place that's really yes. comfortable where you could really, really take it easy, you know, not pillows. And, Lots of yeah. pillows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this episode can air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Really not we sure. Might, we might have to make like a an OnlyFans type of site or a Patreon yeah. where like where like if you want to hear us to get really stupid, you have to pay six dollars a month. Yeah, there you go. Like there that. you go. The we trick. had a question. Somebody emailed in a question this week, and it's photography related. Yeah, I wish more people would do this. I do. I really, I really wish more people 
Because what happened now is they ask us questions sometimes on Facebook, and we answer them then. I really wish people would, would, would send us more questions for the show because then we wouldn't have to prepare as much, we, which is to say we don't prepare at all. But if we had a whole bunch of questions every week, then we could just answer the questions. That would be, uh, and, a, a, that would be a show. Yeah, there you go. And uh, it was Greg West, and he wrote in and he said, um, I write with a technical question that appears to stump everyone that I ask, from camera store employees to photo podcast experts. It said that you are unstumpable. First of all, who said we were unstumpable? Nobody who knows us. I know and certainly knows that. I, have you listened to the show, Greg? We yes. are unstumpable. We are but, not unstumpable. But Greg will take the car. We're perfectly capable of being stumped. So please consider providing the key to this mystery. When a camera is promoted as being able to focus down to minus, let's say, five EVs. Like mm -hmm. they, they can focus down to five EVs. Minus five from what? What standard are we going five lower than? By the way, I love that sentence. That's a kind of sentence I love. What standard are we going lower? Uh, what standard are we going five lower than? Algebraically speaking, x minus five equals what the camera is capable of. But what is x? Is this the same? Is this some vague spinal tapish construct? My amp goes to eleven. My camera goes to minus five. Or is there value in this promotional phrase that no one seems to comprehend? And we talked about this briefly before we started the show. And it seems to me that the answer is pretty obvious, which makes me afraid that we're wrong. Yeah, I mean, almost certainly going to be wrong. Yeah. Because it seems, obviously, minus 5 EV would be minus 5 off of a zero needle on your exposure. Right, your, exposure value, yeah. Yeah, if, you're, if your camera is saying this is exposed properly, you go five stops darker than that, your camera can still focus. Right, That's but what it, I would think, but it's it's not has it doesn't have to do necessarily with your camera settings. Let's say that you were, ex you were taking the image and you happen to be exposing the image five stops under for some reason, or you're shooting with a flash and and so it's dark and the flash is going to provide the light, but you're trying to focus on your subject in this dark room. Okay, I think that we're we're going to talk about the letter of the law and the spirit of the law here. The 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 the, the, the spirit of this setting basically means the lower that value minus five minus six minus seven. I've seen advertised on some cameras coming out. Now, I think that the new R3 is supposed to have a minus seven. Is that basically just means it's really good at focusing in low light. Right. And the lower that number is, then the better it is. Or the, the higher that negative number is, so negative five, six, seven, then the better the camera can, fo the better the camera is at focusing in low light conditions. If you weren't doing photography at the beginning of the digital age, autofocus with some of the first pro digital cameras it, i mean it was miserable like and even back in the film days i remember that we used to take a video light with us for reception photos yes. so you could if you were in a dark hotel ballroom and they're in it you know taking trying to take pictures of dancing we would just have a video light that we could use to focus then turn it off real quick and then grab the photo just i've done that get, with night photos at a wedding on the beach or something where i'd use a flashlight to light them just so the camera could focus on them lock the focus and then turn the light off and shoot it. Right. So, yeah, but, and then, but we get into the, like the, what this technically means. EV is what well, I, I assume that it stands for exposure value. Right. Right. So if it's whatever the correct exposure value is or, or a certain base exposure value, the only way that this setting makes sense is if EV in this case stands for a specific level of light 
of an exposure value, like let's say, um, you know, F two eight at a hundred at a hundred and twenty fifth of a second or something like that. Like that's base exposure value, and you can go five stops below that, and that's the only thing that makes sense. It doesn't make sense if EV is whatever the camera is currently exposing for, because then no, so, so it no, has no, to be. No, no, no. Did I make? Did I give that impression? Right. No, no. I, that's just what I'm saying. So to me, there's a number out there. That is at the 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 standard for the base exposure value. It might be f sixteen at ISO one hundred at one hundred twenty fifth of a second, and so you could go five stops below. That. I'm not saying that's what it is. You know. Okay. But- well. Okay. Okay. Now, having said that, though, that that begs the question: Is it how variable is it? If I took ten different cameras and set them all to, and took the first one and set it to get a zero needle. Whatever that, whatever that would be in this particular situation, whatever the, the shutter speed, ISO, and aperture would be, to get a perfect clean, perfectly in the middle needle exposure on this camera. If I set the other nine cameras to the same settings, what are the odds that they would all also be dead center on the exposure? Shouldn't they, be the, shouldn't it, yeah, shouldn't they all that, be pretty much I, there? I would say it would be the same, yeah. Okay, so it's at minus five from a perfect exposure in any camera is what they're saying with it. Right. Or with their camera in particular, if they say it's a minus 5 EV. But here's the other thing. With a modern mirrorless camera, you have the capability when you are shooting in low light, you can hit a switch there on your camera if you've got it wired in, and it will boost the gain on your viewfinder so that now you can see. So I've, like, I, was, so I've, I do that all the time. If I'm working with flash, indoors, dark, I boost the gain. So now what you're seeing through your viewfinder is not the real-time exposure. The real-time exposure is quite dark because you're in a dark room and using flash. But you hit a button and you can boost the gain on your viewfinder so now it's brighter so that you can see what you're taking a picture of. Mm -hmm. Does that also affect your camera's ability to autofocus or is that only in your viewfinder? In other words, does the camera boost the gain on its own sensor so it can grab focus and then flip back to its original setting before taking the picture? No, ah, I don't know. But I don't that's think that's question. relevant to what we're talking about here today, to be honest with you. I think it kind of is because, because when you think about 5 EV, if you start at 100 ISO, 5 EV is what, 1600? And I can definitely shoot at 3200 or higher with my camera and a boosted gain, and I can see pretty well, and the camera can autofocus. So I wonder... If the camera can, I love. wonder when they say it's minus 5 EV, are they just saying using the camera settings, we can go to minus 5 EV and we can grab an autofocus? Or are they saying the camera's programmed to be able to boost the gain to five, minus 5 EV so we can better grab an autofocus before we actually shoot? I think the first one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is the first one, but I wonder why it isn't the second one. But I think it's a, a great question, and I think yeah. th- that most photographers like a ha- real like a real photography. Most question, photographers like have a sense. A of real what photography is- podcast would talk about this question. Yeah, but we're not <laughs> going to do that anymore. We're going to move on. But the the I think that most photographers understand what that means. But I think that most, apparently, almost no one knows what that setting, how that setting is actually applied you know, mechanically, scientifically. And right. and that's okay not to know that because I tell you what, I bet you that if you took someone who was a famous singer, like let's say, I don't know, Michael Bolton, and you put Michael Bolton has spent much of his adult life with a microphone in his hand, I bet you if you dropped Michael Bolton 
into the Canadian wilderness with all of the individual component parts in order to build a microphone and a PA system, I bet you could leave him there for 4,000 years and he couldn't make a microphone. <laughs> so just be, so, so let's just be, let's just be fair. You don't have to know how every component in right. your thing works, uh, every single thing to, to be good at taking pictures. So, you know, so don't be ashamed if you don't know that because I'm not completely clear yeah. that I know what it is either. I was watching a video today on depth of field and discussing the Circle of Confusion, and I thought Circle of Confusion might be a great band name if you were like a band that was made up of photographers. Ooh, yeah. Or or a good album name. Yeah, Circle of Confusion. Yeah, maybe a better album name. What would the band name be? Um, the band name would be... Good question. Um, hmm. yeah. Ooh, ooh, Ansel, Ansel and the Depth of Fields. Okay, okay. Yeah. The F stoppers. Uh, lens compression. Mm. Focal length. Focal Ooh, length. There focal you go. Length. Focal That's, length is you the got name. That's it. Focal length. <laughs> focal length is the name of your band. I'm All always, right. Go ahead. I always just I always like the name where it's somebody and a something else. Like Bruce Springsteen. Oh, and sure. The, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street band. You know, yeah. stuff like Huey that. Huey Lewis I, and the News. Yeah, I like those. I like those. John like, Cafferty and the Beaver Brown band. Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Geach. <laughs> Love that band. All right. It is time for photography news. Photography, photography news. news. All right. Uh, I was very excited to see this uh, in the news. Ad news. Today. Ad. You got to read the ad. Got to talk about the ad. We got to do an ad. All right, I'm going to take a sip of water before I do it. Yeah, Because, you know, you're ad. cutting this out anyway. No, no, it's fine. I know. I'm, I don't cut stuff out like this. I think this is good inside baseball. <laughs> we are sponsored by RetouchUp.com, the fabulous RetouchUp.com, returning to the show to sponsor the photography news. We use RetouchUp.com. We love RetouchUp.com. We are big fans of RetouchUp.com. They will save you time and money. There are no contracts. There's no obligation. There's no minimums. There is no problem. Just go to retouchup.com, sign up as a new user. Be sure and use the code PHOTOBOMB when you do to get some sort of a special offer. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm assuming that it's good. Well, it changes over time because, ah. you know, this, this, this thing is forever. And three, four years from now, somebody's listening to this episode and they go to use it. And so, you know, RetouchUp wants to be able to change that over time. So we don't know what it will be when you actually try to use it. Satisfaction is guaranteed. I can't tell you how important this is satisfaction is guaranteed uh, and even if it wasn't it's so inexpensive that it, it is guaranteed but it's so inexpensive anyway that what are you worried about here's what you do just set an image and then just keep making them rework it and just see I, I bet you you could get them to rework an image 25 times and you wouldn't get a single bit of pushback but just to see if you right. could poke the bear enough for them to go, <laughs> I, 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 we're just not the right fit for you. I just don't think that that would happen. I don't think it's possible. But I will tell you the problem with retouchup.com. And I right. know that they're, they're, they're sponsoring the show, so they're, they're writing the checks. They're, they're paying us the monies. But I will tell you that it does make you uh, dependent and lazy. Yeah. Because, because now, like Al, my assistant, my good friend, he gets a, an order from a client. And I'm like watching loki on disney plus now in the middle of the afternoon like i'm like i'm not working and he's like hey we just got an order like it i totally could do it and i'm right. just like i'll send that one to retouch oh up. yeah oh i've had many days where i'm like absolutely not doing anything for the next hour and i could do this order and i'm just like no it just sends off a retouch not just for busy photographers trying to narrow the scope of their business and to work on their business instead of in their business not not just for those smart people but for us lazy bastards to retouch up.com was the perfect solution yes 
So big fans, check them out and use Photobomb. All right. The story that I thought was very interesting is that Nikon is supposed to be announcing a new Z-mount retro-inspired camera. And what I thought was really interesting about this is that they're saying it's going to be announced like this month and then come out next month. And I'm like, how, how come we don't haven't don't know anything? How come we haven't seen the pictures? What's going on? Not an inkling. They didn't do a development yeah. announcement or whatever. Right. Uh, it's expected to be similar in performance to the Z50, but it is going to look more like a classic Nikon camera. They've done this before. They did this with the uh, the, the basically in the the D series, like the Nikon D4, and they made like an F4 or something. And it's a really nice right. full frame DSLR, but it looks uh, it was, retro. Uh, the Nikon DF. In 2013, I think is that what was you're the one. Of? Yeah, and it's a brilliant looking camera, by the way. It was, right. really, it was, and I'm not sure why they did it, but you know, people seem to enjoy it. I think it looks great. Yeah, a photographer we hire to do work for us all the time, she has one, and every time she busts it out, I'm like, oh, that's such a cool looking yeah, camera. <laughs> great looking camera. That was 2750. This new camera is going to be 999. Ooh, yeah. and so this is an entry level full frame mirrorless right. that also has that retro look. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's got the it's got the matte black on top inside, you know, on the on the very top there around the hot shoe uh, inside the silver and it's 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 a lovely it's a be- the mock up we've seen there's only been like one picture and and not a full picture that's been released. So people are trying to imagine what the top's going to look like from looking at the front, but uh it absolutely looks good and they said that Nikon is taking a page from Fuji that they have seen you know that the success that Fuji is having with these retro-inspired looks, and so they're they're going to stay with. They're going to try another one and see. What I happens. wonder if everybody else is going to do this now. I don't know. This would be the new styles. I can't. I can't imagine if Canon did it. I mean, I can, but it'd be such a departure from what Canon does now because their cameras now look like they're poured clay. You know, they're they're so molded that. But it'd be great if you could get one that looked like a classic Canon AE one. They have a couple in the M series even that have sort of that chrome plating on them that have that look to them that are really neat but uh, by and large they stay away from the retro look for their their modern professional cameras but uh hey that's pretty cool the idea that a, a, a full frame dslr 999 i think that this is the future i uh another do we know it's full frame well, i don't think it's full frame I think the, it's Z, crop. the z50 isn't full frame i don't think this new one's going to be full frame i think it is going to be crop yes it's aps-c ah. aps-c they're also going to release two new aps-c lenses so that's coming as well. Oh, Two cool. new APS and SE line, a 28 millimeter f 2.8 and a 35 millimeter f 1.8. Right on. Well, yeah, I think and that this is this is going to be important. Like serving that APS-C with those new Z mounts is pretty cool, and to have that retro option, people are going to yeah. like it a lot. And the 35 millimeter 1.8 may be a kit lens that ships with the camera. Ooh, yeah. now that's a pretty compelling idea. So that yeah. they are really, really right. Sh- they're really leaning into it. This you, is you, shots come fired at Fuji. Yeah, kit lens instead of a, a 1.8 prime at 35 instead of a zoom. Because yeah. back in the day, you bought these film cameras. You well, didn't who's get this zooms. for then? I mean, it's, they're going after Fuji users. This is a shot. They've got to like, be going after Fuji. This is a shot at the F at the yes. uh, at the at the X100F and the X100V. Except that it's interchangeable lenses, right? But it, th- so that's... it's more like a shot at the XT30. Hmm. But we'll see. I think. Ooh. All right, Nikon. That's all right. Yeah. I, right. I res- they're bringing they're bringing the game. It's exciting. I, I respect it. And uh, also, just read uh, this morning. In Canon news, Canon's next camera coming out after the R3 launches is supposed to be a replacement for the EOS RP, which is my little pumpkin. That's my, my, I love that camera. I actually just made a YouTube video about what I want to see in the next version last week, and then I just read this morning 
that they're they're probably going to be announcing and releasing a, another version of the RP before they kind of do anything else. So it'll be the RP replacement, probably an APSC R mount, which doesn't exist yet, an RF mount, and then probably the R1 later after that. Interestingly enough, no replacement for the EOS R is anywhere on anybody's radar right now, which means okay. the actual, the first full frame mirrors they launched, they're just, I think they might be just peppering stuff in into those other categories first. Now, interestingly enough, in EOS R3 news, they are officially out in the wild. A few of these R3s are out there. And uh, it's, there are some pictures of a couple of the press photographers that work with Canon have been given these cameras. And I've seen uh, images from the G7 Summit, which just happened, of uh, photographers using them at the G7 Summit. So these cameras are being tested. You can assume that a few Canon Explorers of Light and other related people who, who are Canon ambassadors are going to be out there using these things right now, creating videos, content. You know, YouTubers are going to have them. So you're going to, I really think in the next couple of weeks, you're going to start to see some serious um, information come out, probably the full confirmed specs for it, uh, which, by the way, there is a rumor not confirmed. Got this off Canon rumors this morning also that. It is more than likely, looks like it's going to have a 30 megapixel sensor. People were worried that it was going to be as low as a 20 megapixel sensor. So 30 is not huge, but it's very respectable, especially considering the frame rates this thing is supposed to have. So it's not going to be, uh, it, it will be an attractive camera for regular portrait and wedding photographers, not just action sports and photojournalists, because you really, for me, to go to 20 megapixels after you've been shooting with 30 or 40 or 45, you know, seeing your printing your images, blowing them up for your clients, and you know, editing at that resolution. I think it would be weird to switch to twenty. You know, and, yes. and so I not that there's that anything. One wrong. Of my, that was one of the reasons I was leaning away from the R6. Well, twenty megapixels is perfectly good enough right. for almost anything any regular professional portrait or wedding photographer would need. There's more than enough resolution in there to do almost anything. But once your eye is used to editing 45, 50, or higher megapixels, it would just be weird to go back to 20. And so I think that, although I don't think megapixels are as important in your day-to-day -day work as most people think they are, I think that it will be a better selling camera having 30 megapixels than if they'd have gone with a 20 megapixel sensor from the 1DX Mark III. All right, there is a social app uh, that I have never heard of before. Okay. It's called the Anti-Social app, but I just thought that this was interesting it's called minutia it's been out for about four years you can get on the apple store uh it's called minutia and they say it's an anti-social app and the idea is to embrace the boring and the, and the mundane now here's the way it works you've got this app on your phone gary once a day an alarm goes off it's a random alarm okay alarm goes off you're supposed to take your camera and take a picture of what's right in front of you hmm. it uploads and then you have one minute to look at other pictures that other people have uploaded. Also, you can like connect with other people so you'll automatically see their pictures, etc. You look at those pictures for one minute, app shuts down till tomorrow. Hmm. That's it. Once a day, a one minute little thing that you do where you share your world and a bunch of people share their world and then you go on with your life. Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> cool. I, it sounds like we've, we've reported on apps that put restrictions on users like more than your normal stuff and again cool idea it's like people are looking for the next big thing if you remember the first probably the first big app that was like 
we're going to limit it was Snapchat, right? right? When it was like you get one day right. to view it or you 10 seconds or it but disappears. Still, there's filters, after. there's, you know, and, and they specifically don't want to do that. They say that through the use of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., we're in the continuous process, often unconsciously, of refining filters that determine how we capture our lives. Manusha freezes from this pressure to perform since you no longer have the option to choose what you are documenting. Connections are singular and random. They say it frees the user base by the one minute per day restriction of use, which is a wildly different business model from the mainstream market. But I, I would, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to download it and do it. Just, I see it as a nice little distraction. You know, like every day I go, oh, bing, oh, okay, bam, here I am. Take a picture. And, uh, oh, and Sounds look, pretty and, fun. And, yeah, like- and the alarm hits everybody at the same time. Ah. So all around the world, oh, right? See. So it's night in Hong Kong, you know, and it's three days ago in Australia, and and you get and so you get all this, you know, piece, piece, piece <laughs> three of days ago lives. in Australia. I don't think yeah. you know how time zones work. Where, where, you know, where are they? What are you looking? What are you? Seeing? If you're a person who likes photojournalism, I think this might be a cool little app to have once a day. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but uh, do you have one minute to take the photo? I d- I'm not sure about that. I think maybe. Let me let me see. I just I like the idea of a random photography challenge, almost like where it's like okay, to to create the most interesting photo you can create with your. But see, now you're missing the whole point. The whole point is that you're not supposed to be trying so hard. The whole point is you're just supposed to say, for one minute a day, if you were me, this is what you would see. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, for most people, it's going to be a cubicle. Every that that'll get boring for the people. Or whatever. Or your home office. But that's the point. It's not about trying to create something dynamic that everyone's going to like. It's about saying, for the alarm goes off, and you get to look through everybody else's eyes for one minute. It's like you have a, a, ma- a superpower. Once a day, you can look through everyone else's eyes for one minute. You know what they should do, Bure, is all these weird apps should just get you to do a commercial for them. Because by, by, at the beginning of this thing, I was like, screw this stupid app. By the end of it, I'm like, <laughs> you make it sound so beautiful. <laughs> right, I think you I want to do You it. have the superpower. Once a day, click. And now you see through everybody's eyes for one minute and then it's gone. Until tomorrow. I think that you should do it and then report back next week and let yeah. us know. Worst superpower in the world, by the way. I mean, when you look at the super friends, even the monkey has a better superpower than this one. There was a, there was a, I, there was a Facebook group that I'm in and somebody posted like having a power that has a negative effect, like a drawback. So right. if you watch like um, Invincible on Amazon, I know, did you watch that? I watched it. I watched the first episode yeah. and then I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's okay. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- there's a character on, uh, on Invincible and she is a, uh, has this power. She can turn into a giant green monster, kind of like the Incredible Hulk. But every time she uses the power, she gets one week younger. So she's like 25 years old, but she's in like a 13-year-old's body because every time she uses her power, she loses her age. And she gets oh. younger and younger and younger and younger. Oh, so the okay. idea of, I thought you were saying that she loses a week of her life, but no, she no. actually becomes younger in the She moment. reverses in age the more she, ever she uses a week every time she uses the power. And okay. so, how many times in the course of a year do you have to turn into the big green monster? Well, in this universe that this show is in, it seems like kind of a lot. Okay. <laughs> Because if you know, if you if you if it was every other week, right, then basically you would be aging at half speed. I would time it out so that I would just stay like thirty four for the rest of my life. I would just. That's what like I'm a, saying. If she, you say she's thirteen, when does she start using the power? The problem is, if the world is in peril, Boo Ray, 
And, right. and you know, you, you can you, you knowing that you could help, would you just walk away? Because well, sure, it's like, I would. But again, if I did it five or ten times a year, that's only a month off of off of my year of growth. So instead of being a year older, I'm eleven months older. That's fine. That's it. My point being, with this app, is the world's worst superpower. But having a superpower, what superpower would you have, and how would you make it like kind of suck? With a, a, you know, like a drawback, like I can time travel, but I can only time travel back to uh, my own eighth birthday where I, uh, where nobody showed up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, I, I, I like, I like that I can lift anything, but the laws of physics still apply. So if I pick up something that weighs two tons then all the weight of two tons now exists in the space that is the bottom of my feet, which means it's going to drive me into the ground like a pile driver. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'll pick up the bus and throw it. You pick up the bus and then you immediately just collapse through the street <laughs> because that's the way we're working in real life. Now it's like, like Superman could just pick something up that's huge. Now all that weight is, driven, is being driven into the ground just on his two. If he's, in a, if he's in a building and he picks up something that's really heavy, he's going right through the floor. Thanks for ruining Superman for everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You want to make any, any superpower have a negative drawback, all you have to do is apply real-world physics to it. I can run at the speed of sound. But you can't breathe. But I have to be naked. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But that's the same thing with Flash. Flash can run, can run super fast. You can't breathe. You couldn't breathe at that speed. You couldn't do anything at that speed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to wrap the boys up pretty tight to not be you knocking would. around like a and speed bag. And we come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> and we come back around. It's what we do. Uh, hey, oh, do you want to talk about the Pulitzer Prizes for photography? The what? The Pulitzer Prize. Don't make me say Pulitzer until I can't say it anymore. <laughs> well, I don't know. We, I, I thought about talking about it, but it's one of those things that you really have to just go see them. Right. No, you know? I wasn't, don't want to talk about the images because right. I looked at the images and they, they seem great. But like right. I, then I thought I got an interesting a fun fact for you. They how they are chosen. Okay, and, and who gets to pick, and what the requirements are. And I was so I was looking through all this stuff. It's all on the Pulitzer website. It's basically a group of like nine people who look at all the images. It has to be part of a, a po- photojournalistic publication. You have to provide evidence of all that. Do you know how many entries there were? To the Pulitzer Prize photography oh, category? Well, what qualifies as a photojournalistic publication? Is there anything would, on the web photojournalistic publication? I would imagine it has to, I would imagine, based on winners, that it has to be part of a reputable news agency. Or I'm going to say 10,000. Wrong. Okay. More or less. I, I, let's not spend all day on that. Come on. 50. <laughs> okay. Fifty thousand. Way to be a jerk about it. no. Fifty thousand. Oh. No, I'm fifty thousand. Oh, I thought. Look at you, just kind of slamming me. No, I mean fifty thousand. Eleven hundred. That was it. That's it. Doesn't that seem crazy low? Yeah, that just seems that seems really low. Like eleven. That means I'm thinking like I'm going to go shoot for the local yeah. paper. Yeah. Get you my know, stuff in the Pulitzer Committee. I'll, I'll, I'll submit some images to the local paper and start doing that because like, you know. We'll judge like, more than that at WPPI. WPPI has more than that. Like PPA, International Photographic Competition has more than that. Like only 1,100 entries submitted for the Pulitzer Prize in photojournalism. That's wow. crazy. Wow. So, hey, by the way, guys, I'm just saying, if you want a title. That sounds really badass at dinner parties and stuff. Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. You only there's only 1,100 people. That's like wait. If you bought a lottery ticket this week, you should be submitting images to the Pulitzer Prize. Let me ask you this though: Are you sure there isn't some restriction? Because like I don't think that people individually submit. I think like the newspaper submits 
on your behalf. Mm. So is it possible there's a restriction, like each publication can only submit a certain number of images for each category? I'm looking at it. I was looking for something like that. It just has to have proof of proof of publication, it says. Huh. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, yeah, that's, I would have expected it to be much more. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of digging into the rules because I've just never even looked before, but that's, that's pretty cool. But anyway, so those are up. I'll post that into the Bombardier's Lounge Facebook group, a link to those entries. And check out Pulitzer.org. It's, it's kind of fascinating. It's how, the, how they're chosen. And it's, and it's not really, you'd think it would be like a bunch of dudes in like gold demon masks. Right. Like, oh, no, it's like they just, you know, they just, it's just like nine people who are like, I like that one. And they each nominate an image. Are you talking they, about, you're talking about like 20, a little over 20 images per state. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Like, it's like a small, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, think of all the newspapers in every state. Yeah, yeah. Is there a fee? Is it like $1,000 to pay? That, <laughs> Why I, aren't more people entering images in the public? I was actually, my next step was to go and look at the entry form and see what's possible. Because now I'm thinking, I'm like, I, I, you know, I got a decent shot at 1,100 right. people. Like, all you got, but it seems they mostly, it's mostly to do with current events. Right. And they really, you know, it's got to be newsworthy. And interestingly enough, they take JPEG submissions, of course. Um, but the um, no altering the image. You can't alter anything no, in it. It's photojournalistic. And you have to submit it in the same crop that it was used in the publication. Oh, and here's what's bad. The photographer usually doesn't have any control over that. Your editor gets to decide how they crop it for the publication. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to keep digging into it. It's kind of fascinating. You'd be like, oh, I've got this image. I think it can win a Pulitzer, but my editor did a horrible crop because he needed it to fit a certain spot on the paper. I just can't imagine there only being 1,100 entries. I know. We know great. a Pulitzer. We actually know a Pulitzer Prize winner. Who's that? I was hoping you knew his name. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Yeah, I forgot guy. his name. He, shot, he did the picture of baby Jessica coming out of the well. He lives here in Tampa. Oh, I don't know. But hey, you know, oh, gosh. a quick Google. That's horrible. I forgot his name. I, I met the guy. Yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, if you're old enough to remember, when it was a baby Jessica who fell down a well in her backyard I think in I was Texas, a, I, I was, believe. I was very little. But I, yeah, I it, believe it was in Texas. And she was down the well for like two days. And when they finally pulled her out. He was the one who captured the picture of her just emerging And now she gets to well. be on I Love the 80s every time they do yeah, it. Exactly. Which is and, cool. he, uh, and he won the Pulitzer for that. I still hear you guys. I actually think I, I might be the same age as baby Jessica, actually. You might be. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. All right. My last story for photography news is the Facebook watch. Okay. And the category of another thing that we absolutely don't need is uh, Facebook is trying to develop its own watch. And one of the things that's going to make it unique is that it will have a front-facing camera on it so that you can use Facebook for video calls and FaceTime. But it will also have a rear camera and you will be able to detach the face of the watch to use that camera. This is going to be unbelievably cool because, as we all know, no one actually has a camera in their pocket. So you're going to need this, you're going to need this camera on your phone so you can detach the face. Which, And I'm sure this, oh, superior, superior camera that's going to be on the back of your watch face or whatever. Mm. Why in the world would anybody need this? I got a couple of things to say about this. One, I feel like wearable technology is being forced down our throats and I don't feel like anybody wants it. I agree. You know? uh, two, 
I, I feel like because we already have technology that we essentially wear, you know, like like, you know, my dad wears his on his belt. He wears his phone on his belt. That's wearable technology. But the the other thing is there's no way I would ever get this because I would definitely lose that camera. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> definitely lose that thing. It's, the thing is, the piece of wearable technology that I really want, when they started to develop it, was considered so douchey that they don't even do it anymore. And that was the Google Spectacles. Right, the Google, Google Glass or whatever. I really want the Google Glasses where whenever I come face to face with somebody, it does facial recognition and it pops up in my screen who they are. That's now, what I want. I like the idea too, you know, if, if you're selling advertising, think about how much more beautiful the world could look instead of a billboard it's just a big blank surface and it fills in using augmented reality whatever ad is tailored for you as you're wearing it and walking around so advertising everywhere is customized like i like the idea but i'm just not gonna just not gonna wear it i'm not well that's much better than what they had in in what you call uh minority report where it would track your eyes and if it saw your eyes looking at the billboard the billboard would change to give you an ad that was specific to you yeah that's creepy yeah, well, it's also, you know, the, anyone else who looks at the billboard could see that. So, you know, and it's based on your browsing history. So you're going down and suddenly here comes, you know, penile implant comes tops up on the board because <laughs> you're looking at it. And now the whole world's <laughs> like, well, we know, we know what he's been doing a search for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, uh, let's, that's, that's a huge mistake. Um, so the, uh, I have one more piece of photography news here. Uh, Lightroom had a big update to Lightroom Classic. And so for those of you Lightroom Classic users, that's pretty cool. It's had a couple of features added to it that I think are interesting. It's added super resolution, which we've talked about before, which has been added to Adobe Camera Raw previously, which can double the resolution of an image. Now, that's, it's pretty cool. I've uh, used, I've enhanced a couple of images with it. It's pretty useful, especially if you've got an image from a client uh, that's low resolution and they want you to do something with it, like print it or whatever. It's, it's actually pretty rad. Um, the other thing it added, besides generally trying to make it faster more performance based because that's my big quibble with lightroom is that it's it's kind of a slow turd and uh and and that it's you know eventually if you keep adding images to the catalog it just becomes almost unusable so they've got some performance optimizations that's going to use the video ram differently but this is a cool one two cool things is they've added native support for devices with apple silicon that means that they're going to run a lot better on the new macs that have those uh m1 processors but they've also added this thing i don't know after how long has lightroom been around 20 years if you are a nikon shooter you get a tethered live view finally if you have it yeah yeah so it's just yeah that i mean (laughs) come on (laughs) but i think it's only uh for four cameras the d850 the d500 the z6 and the z7 so, but hey, that's that's pretty good. That's something At that they've been something. That's yeah, they've been some, some sort of a bone to the Nikon's Nikon been needs. getting the short end of the stick on tethering with Lightroom for so long. I'm surprised that anybody who shoots tethered and has Nikon uses Lightroom at all. Just just a real pain in the butt. But hey, that's cool. They've added some cool stuff to it. Supposedly now it's going to be faster. Uh, it's got a couple of cool features. So if you haven't updated to the newest version of Lightroom, uh, in three months I recommend you update to the newest version of Lightroom. Just don't do it right now. <laughs> until until it pops up so many times uh, that, that you can't stand it anymore and you just give in and hit, okay, I'll update. Don't, don't do it. Photobomb is written and produced by Boo Ray Perry and Gary Hughes. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Bombardiers Lounge. Bombardiers. Bombardiers Lounge. Our Facebook, our, uh, our website is photobombpodcast.com. 
Gary's website is HughesTheoretti.com. Yes, it is. My website is BeRayPerry.com. And you can send us questions, questions at PhotobombPodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week. See you later. See you later.